0: On to success. That is what I have entitled Proverbs 30 and 31 to be. Proverbs chapters 30 and 31, on to success. The entire book of the Proverbs has been an adventure in spiritual wisdom, learning how to love God, how to please God, how to build great families, great spiritual and Christian lives, and how to be leaders. Humility is not a virtue that is commonly applauded among men. However, Jesus commonly cited the high value that His heavenly Father places on humility. One of my favorite passages is in 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Here we are told to humble ourselves under the hand of God. True humility can be acquired only by the person who aspires to know God. When I think of humility, I am reminded of Isaiah's words. Isaiah 6, 1 In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And then the scripture says, when he saw that, he humbled himself, he fell before God, and said, Woe is me, for I am a sinful, a wicked man, and uh, all because his eyes had seen the king. Humility is based upon a personal relationship with Christ every moment of your life. Isaiah viewed himself as unclean in the presence of God. True humility always leaves a man feeling a sense of need in the presence of God and a desire to be more like Jesus. In Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 14, we are instructed that true humility is deepened when we really know ourselves. Here the writer petitions the Lord to remove from Him vanity and lies. The maintenance of humility is dependent on a biblical assessment of my need. Romans 3.23, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I am part of that all. I have sinned. Every day I must come and claim 1 John one nine. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17.9. So we need to know ourselves. Christians have a treasure inside them as well. We're indwelt by the indwelling Christ, the Holy Spirit of the living God. And so although we in our flesh are wicked, Jesus Christ is holy. True humility is strengthened when we understand that Jesus Christ is living His life out through us, and apart from Him, we are nothing. I believe with all my heart that humility is the virtue that pleases God most in the life of the believer. God looks for and uses humble men and women. Here in uh, verses 21, 22, 23, of the thirtieth chapter of the Proverbs, the discussion of bad things continues. Four intolerable things that cause society to tremble are here enumerated. Sudden elevation of a man of low degree to prominence can produce catastrophic results. The man who is full of himself is a cause of great mischief. The odious woman is the one who seemed destined for singleness but at last captured herself a man. Her conquest may go to her head. The handmaid who takes the place of her former mistress is also odious in her profuse revelry. We all remember Hagar in Genesis 16. And Proverbs 30 closes with a discussion of things that are wonderful. These things exist in stark contrast to the reprehensible things we've just considered in verses 21, 22, and 23. In verses 24 through 28, four things which are little upon the earth but exceedingly wise are objects of awe. The ants are little animals and are not strong. The study of the ant ought to make one believe in God. So much wisdom is programmed into their little tiny minds. And the conies are very weak. They're also about as, about as big as a rabbit, but uh, the little animal is named for its habit of living in the cleft of rocks, in the clefts of hills and rocks. This habit gains the conies a high degree of security. They have no defense mechanisms. They cannot defend themselves, but they know how and where to hide. We, too, should know how to hide in the grace of God and trust in His protective love. The locusts model organization, and they model discipline. They have no king, but they march in perfect order. They are committed to getting a task done, and they remain in perfect fellowship for the accomplishment of their chosen goal. And then the spider. The spider models the use of resources beyond one's own to enhance one's security and enjoyment of life. The spider shows up in the palaces of kings. He is little, he's tiny, but he shows up in some prominent places. If we are faithful, as insignificant as we are, like the little spider, we too shall be led by the Lord into some very fine places of ministry and service. And finally, in verses 29 through 31, four creatures that are stately in their demeanor are listed. These are all meant to provide us with models that will fill us with awe and resolve to walk in the perfect will of God, in harmony. The unflinching line is first. His boldness serves as a model for all of us. The greyhound models persistence. And the disciplined pursuit of objectives. The he-goat is a climber mounting ever higher. And last, the king who marches on with vigorous resolve, trampling his conquered foes. God wants us to live that kind of a life. Chapter 30 The words of Agur, the son of Jakey, even the prophecy. The man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Ukal. Surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learn wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. Who hath ascended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. HE IS A SHIELD UNTO THEM THAT PUT THEIR TRUST IN HIM. ADD THOU NOT UNTO HIS WORDS, LEST HE REPROVE THEE, AND THOU BE FOUND A LIAR. TWO THINGS HAVE I REQUIRED OF THEE. DENY ME THEM NOT BEFORE I DIE. REMOVE FAR FROM ME VANITY AND LIES. GIVE ME NEITHER POVERTY NOR RICHES. FEED ME WITH FOOD CONVENIENT FOR ME, LEST I BE FULL, AND DENY THEE, AND SAY, WHO IS THE LORD? or lest I be poor, and steal, and take the name of my God in vain. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. There is a generation that curseth their father, and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, O how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The horse-leech hath two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not, it is enough. The grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. The eye that mocketh at his father, and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagle shall eat it. There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Such is the way of an adulterous woman, she eateth, and wipeth her mouth, and saith, I have done no wickedness. For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. For an odious woman when she is married, and a an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong." yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make they their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands, and is in king's palaces. There be three things which go well, yea, four are comely in going. A lion which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any. A greyhound and he goat also, and a king, against whom there is no rising up. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood, so the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife.